0: episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queenpin. Guys, I have an amazing guest today. Actually, she's a returning guest, Erica. So let's take a moment out and we'll be right back. So guys, you know after the amazing conversation we had a while ago, I had to have her back. I am talking about none other than Erica Mather and if you don't know who she is because this is your first time listening, Erica, could you please reintroduce yourself to my listeners?
1: Hello, Queen Pen. Hello listeners. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Erica Mather and I I am an embodiment coach and a yoga therapist I live and work in New York City and, of course, online because that is a space that's available to us now and my mission is to help people feel better in and about their bodies, I help people create a healthy relationship with their body through. um, Through movement and also through how we think about our bodies, which is usually where the trouble starts is how we think about our bodies.
0: So yeah, we had such a great time the last time. So welcome back.
1: I I honestly have to say welcome back. Thank you, Queen Pen. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Truly, truly looking forward to this. So, okay, you are a yoga therapist. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times people don't think yoga and therapy belong together. But we did talk about how yoga is therapeutic and people start talking to you and how it also creates this body consciousness Mm -hmm. and how yoga actually helps to you know transform our thinking Mm -hmm. can you a little bit more into that
1: yeah so modern yoga definitely has fallen into the domain of like fitness right so you you there's uh i think because people's understanding of yoga is that is that it's the, seri- the series of postures that you do, right? So you see yoga and you see a person doing a down dog or a warrior two, and it looks like yoga is all about the postures. But yoga is not just about the postures. It is also about how you think about yourself, how you uh, understand your place in the world and your participation in it. And so some of the therapy comes from... Mm, engaging with your body in a more mindful way and by mindful i mean like just like a very high quality of attention not like your your body is just some horse that you're going to ride hard and put away wet but that your your body is is a an ally in your in your experience of life and so if you engage with your body differently it actually produces a therapeutic result kind of on its own and therapeutic what does that mean I mean, exercise can be therapeutic, but I think that um, exercise sometimes just scratches the surface. But therapeutic, in my, in my the way that I think about it, therapeutic means that it, it touches deeper parts of you that otherwise cannot be reached. It reaches parts of you that words can't reach. It re- reaches parts of you that movement can't reach. And these deep re- deeper recesses of our being often need to be communicated with. And so the therapy is in communicating with these deeper aspects of ourselves and making contact is sometimes the therapy in and of itself, just making contact from a part of you that's been, been disowned or bereft or just out of touch, or it's been slumbering. (laughs) So that is how I think about, you know, the therapeutic aspects of yoga, but what it boils down to in terms of like logistics is that the yoga practice is more tailored to the student. It involves modifications to meet the students' needs in their bodies if they have injuries or if they're sick or if they're just getting old like all the rest of us, that we that we attend to those things. And so the yoga fits the body instead of you making your body fit the yoga.
0: Right. I think that's the one thing is because for me, especially when I first started looking at it, it was kind of like, you see this person they're like, putting their leg behind their head and it's like, uh-huh. I can't do that. We're not doing that. Um, yeah. I don't kind of work that way. And as I, I think that was the funny thing was realizing as you move, you start to become more acclimated to it. Even though I, w- I will honestly say my favorite poses are warrior two and mm-hmm. Shavasana, like when we're done and everybody's <laughs> laying on the floor. Yeah, that's the, those are my two favorite poses.
1: <laughs> and you are welcome to love the adult nap time. I mean, I think that adult nap time should be, you know, woven into everybody's day and we would all be slightly less aggressive and gritchy and angry if everybody got a nap. I don't understand why nap time went away. I you don't know? know either. I
0: don't know either. And I think that was... For me, and believe it or not, out of all the poses, that was the hardest for me to understand. Because, Savasana? yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I, I will explain to you why. The reason being, it was like, okay, we're supposed to be moving, we're supposed to be, you know, stretching, we're supposed to be making our bodies do things that they didn't do before. And then you come to this place, and it's like, okay. Uh, now I get to rest. Like that was so confusing and realizing that your body is, you know, it, like you said, the whole mental portion of this and, and, and that your body's not a workhorse, not some sort of just augmented machine. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's what, that's what it really took for me was like, okay, but it was, it was the hardest concept was like now we just stop and lay down are you serious like what are (laughs) you doing here like you know because when you do a regular when you do a regular workout you you know you cool down and then you like leave the gym or you you know go take a shower if you're working out in your house but you don't just like lie down and just let your body breathe (laughs) I don't know it's so weird That was, that was like for me, it was like, this is super weird.
1: Yeah, I could see how, in like, if, if, so it's interesting, the comparison that you made was to exercise, right? And that's sort of what I started out this, this little, little discussion by saying is that yoga has been equated to exercise. And in an exercise world, you just, yeah, you, you finish your workout and you go take a shower. It's not like you lie down and take a little nap. (laughs) So, so the little nap can seem weird. But the, I think the acknowledgement of yoga is that yoga functions on different parts of you than just your body. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Just your muscles and, and bones. So, and, the, and exercise does too, to be honest. Like, like the people, people are like, I have to exercise. I feel so much better. It's like, yeah, that's because it's, it, it moves your blood. It alters your body chemistry. And when you alter your body chemistry, you feel better, you feel different. Right. And so exercise is functioning in the same way in many ways, but yoga has this piece, uh, this deliberate observation of those connections built in. And so the Shavasana, and we should tell your listeners what Shavasana is in case they don't know, we've sort of been alluding to it, but at the end of the yoga practice, the the final, the final pose is always this thing called Shavasana and Shavasana is where you lie down on the floor and do nothing. That's it. You lie down on the floor and you do nothing for like three minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. If you have a particularly generous teacher, perhaps 10 minutes. And the point of it is for your nervous system to rest. And so when you, when you're exercising, you don't necessarily think about your nervous system, right? But the nervous system is the part of you that will integrate like everything that you just did and kind of uptake it into, into the rest of your body and so when your nervous system has a chance to adjust to acclimate to absorb to integrate it means that there's a deeper impact in your body for what you did now that we're talking about it, i think everybody who exercises should like exercises at the gym should maybe experiment with lying down at the end of their workout and like taking 5 minutes and just see like if the results of your workout are more profound because you took that moment to like do nothing and let your nervous system integrate what you did. And so the nervous system is a piece that we don't, we don't acknowledge a lot, but it's, you know, your nervous system is responsible for, uh, well, I should broaden this in yoga. It's like the energy system and the energy system. Isn't just your nervous system. It's also like um, the electrical magnetic field of your body, the electromagnetic field of your body um, is what keeps your heart pumping so your heart pumps because there's an, a little there's electricity that runs through your body that makes your heart go go go, go 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 right and and the energy field in your body also is what is responsible for peristalsis. Peristalsis might be a new word to you but it's basically peristalsis is the squeezing action of your digestive system
0: right it's this it's like okay for, For in layman's terms, it's it's the swallowing pretty much, you know, in, and reverse peristalsis for all those kitties listening is, uh, throwing up
1: (laughs) actually, actually, actually it's, it's in your digestive system in in your intestines. Oh yeah. 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 So, so, so I actually don't know what that mechanism is that you just called. I think swallowing right is a muscular action
0: Okay. Okay. Right.
1: And throwing up, I don't actually know what that would be called in medicine, but, but peristalsis specifically refers to the squeezing action of your intestines, right? So how does, how does the food that you've eaten get through your diet, through your intestines? You've probably never thought about that, right? True, True. How does it actually move? Well, it moves because your intestines squeeze, right? And because there's little finger like finger like uh, uh, anatomy on the inside of the of the intestines that actually like moves the food through it by like stroking it through your uh, digestion so squeeze and these little fingers on the inside of your intestines that move it along right because how else would it get through you know right so, right. so your so your energy body which is more than your nervous system your energy body, is responsible for this squeezing action right and so when you rest like at the end of your yoga class or through sleep or other mechanisms of rest it's how you feed this energy body that's responsible for all of these crucial uh biological functions like your heart beating <laughs> so anyway shavasana is is one of the things that we have that feeds this part of you and helps it function better wow
0: I, you are like such a wealth of information I, I, you are <laughs> such a wealth of information it's it's so awesome I, I learn something every time we speak like every time it's like okay
1: so well, I'm I'm glad that I have this little pocket of knowledge that I can bring to you I know. <laughs> awesome.
0: so your book Your book is called Your Body, Your Best Friend. Okay, so when we think of best friends, we think of besties. Usually we don't think of our bodies. What made you decide to call the book
1: that? Well, in honesty, my marketing team at my publisher drafted that title. And I think that they landed on a title that was actually perfect for capturing my message. So I wanted to, my mission is to help people come in relation into relationship with their bodies. So, as you said, instead of the body, just being this mechanized thing that we ride hard and don't give a lot of thought to, except when we are critical of it or want it to look a different way, or it breaks down and then we're angry because we can't walk as well as we used to Right? The, usually we only come into relationship with our body when there's a crisis.
0: Right. Right. I agree. I agree.
1: So and how do we change that? Yeah. So in the middle of a crisis is the worst time to start to decide that you want a relationship. Does that make sense? It definitely so-
0: does make sense. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, to me and, and, and for those that kind of don't understand, and this is just my opinion and Erica, mm-hmm. you can jump in at any time. It's kind of like after a breakup and you have that rebound person and they're so, so perfect. (laughs) And that is actually the worst time to get into a relationship when you have that rebound person. So yeah, crisis is actually the worst time to get into a relationship with anyone or anything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and the reason, I'm gonna answer your question, how we change it, but I also wanna talk about the title of the book. That the title of the book, I think, when you say you think about your best friend, you think about your bestie. Perfect, because that is the model of the relationship that I want you to have with your body, right? So if you everybody already has some sort of association with the with the the words best friend, right? And so if you think about how you relate to your best friend, and then apply that blueprint to how to relate to your body. It will give. it'll actually tell you what to do, right? Does that make sense?
0: That
1: is true. That is true. So it, so it's not like you have to create a relationship with your body out of thin air and no understanding of how to do it anyway. You can think about like, how would, how would I react if my best friend said, oh my God, I just broke my ankle. You wouldn't be like, well, hop up and keep going, girl. You know, that's true. <laughs> yes, right? But yeah, that's what we—that's that what crazy. we. That, but that's what we do ours to ourselves. You're like, well, well, I just broke my ankle. Get up and keep going. You might be to your best friend. You might be like, girl, you need to like take it easy. Maybe you should take a week off work right. and just like right. take care of yourself for a moment and figure out because you're going to be with this broken ankle for like a good three months. So maybe you should figure out how you're going to rearrange your life to support yourself so that your ankle can heal right. but usually but usually what we do to ourselves is you are like well yeah, just get on that horse and whip it and ride it harder you know you're like oh my god right. I broke my ankle right. I don't have time for this I don't have time for this right I'm and just gonna like the gym
0: teacher they're like yeah so it just walk it off just walk yeah. it off you know and, and that's what we do to ourselves and I don't, I don't even think we realize it
1: we don't so so the title of the book is to create a roadmap just through the title of the book, I mean, the content of the book is a a totally different thing, but the title of the book should already evoke for you, like it should make you have a question. The first of the thing is like, my body, my best friend, like, wow, I never thought about it like that. Like, I don't even have a relationship with my body that isn't vile or putrid or, you know, filled with loathing and criticism. You know, that's not the relationship that you have with your best friend. That's the relationship you have with your enemy.
0: Ooh, okay, wait, I, 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 wait, hold up. I need you to say that again for the people in the back because that, wow, ouch, that, that is not something I even thought about that. Oh my gosh,
1: that, that's, that's. And we, and we normalize it. The worst thing is we normalize it and our society encourages us to normalize it. Right. Our society encourages normalization of self-hatred. And then you wonder why, why our society, where our culture is so mean and vicious and cruel and filled with anger. And it's like, because that's the way you treat yourself. Like it starts, it starts at home. It does, right?
0: it does. And, and I think, you know, the funny thing, I think even with you saying that it starts at home, we think of the other people in our home. Mm-hmm. We don't think of how we treat ourselves at home correct so that that that's a very that's a very interesting that's a very interesting take because like I said even thinking of you know it starts at home we think of okay parents toward children husband toward wife or you know girlfriend toward boyfriend boyfriend toward girlfriend but we don't think hey you know what it starts at home how am I treating myself and, that, and, and that's a really, I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Because now something that you and I talked about the last time was body image and social media. Now, mm-hmm. this actually evokes another question for me. Mm-hmm. since we're running around with this, not taking care of home, not taking care of self. And then we get on social media and we see all these perfect bodies we see the kim k's and the chloe k's and the and the you know insta models and all of this stuff and they have these perfect bodies and we're sitting home and we're not really having this great relationship is this what is this fostering more of that mindset where we're having that dysfunctional relationship with our bodies
1: 100 percent. and at the beginning of the body positivity movement on social media, I felt like we were headed in the right direction because it felt like what was visible. It felt like the people were taking back visibility of themselves in everywhere. Like it was like advertise, advertising would only show us the perfection, but we took back this, this, this field of visual representation and showed ourselves and showed, you know, like a beautiful body could look like this, or it could look like that, or it could look like this other thing. It doesn't have to look like a celebrity body or a movie star body or a model body. Right. And so now, but unfortunately now I feel like because of filters and because of um, the monetization of the social media space, right? It feels like it's actually swung in the other direction and kind of hard. Like right. like a, like yeah. a hard swing, and and now there's things like like um avatar dysmorphia uh, or like filter dysmorphia, you know, where it's like someone someone sees their own filtered image and identifies with that, and then disidentifies with their in real life body, which is like wow, that's right. That is right. that is some that is some effed up stuff that I couldn't have even thought of it's very scary it's It's very very scary.
0: scary it is extremely scary and and this is the thing that you wouldn't normally think of but now you're identifying with someone that is not you and for those parents that really aren't on social media I think the crazy part is I played around with a photo app And I know you've probably seen them, Erica, where you can actually make your eyes larger or smaller, make your nose smaller. Uh, You can make your chin uh, thinner, your jawline becomes thinner. So you can actually create the face that you kind of want and it remembers those parameters all the time. So every time you take a fi- picture with that particular app, it will give you the same thing. And this is scary because our kids are getting a hold of these things earlier and yeah. earlier. And so I think what you, what 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 I find really scary is that we have 6-year-olds and 7-year-olds that are already aren't happy with the way that they look and, 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 and it's not helping. And again, even though it starts at home, but now we have to deal with, guess what? Mommy may not be happy with the way she looks. So of course now we're, we're dealing with multiple people in one household that may not be happy with the way that they look. And I think the cool part about this is one thing that I love about yoga is, mommy doesn't have to do it alone. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because kids can do it. You know, dad can join in, and and guys, yes, there are some amazing guys that do yoga. And I will tell you this: there are some hot guys that do yoga. So don't say, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just you know for the guys that are not so hot it's for the no there are some pretty hot guys in yoga class and if you don't <laughs> believe me maybe you need to go with your wife the next time because there are some pretty cute guys in the yoga class so oh yes wow i mean and and just just thinking about what we're talking about now just makes me really really think about this it's like whoa
1: but well, it means as a parent that as a parent that if you want to shield your child from this in any way, shape, or form, like I mean, I don't know what kind of it could be like you know a five percent shield, you know, but any kind of like contribution to their mental well being amongst this deluge of 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 toxicity, right? That that we as parents need to up level our relationship to ourselves pretty fast. I'm not a parent. So I just want to, I want to frame that correctly, but I do know that a lot of people come to my work because they are realizing that if they want to take good care of their kids, their boys and their girls and their days, you know, that if they want to take care of their kids, that, that they need to be modeling it better. And they, they, as parents are realizing, oh, I haven't done this well. And so the modeling is even more important at home right so that so that even if the kid is getting this message out there that when they come home that their parents aren't saying like oh it doesn't matter if i you know don't eat well because i'm going to die anyway or you know the, the kinds of things that people say sometimes are shocking to me it's like really like right, that's right. the reason to give up you're going right. to die anyway i mean we're all going to die one day but anyway n- perhaps not a great example but or or the 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 self-deprecating self-talk like right oh, and i'm so fat you know so, about- and, yes. you know, so yes, i'm so that- fat and so no one's ever going to love me or or sometimes i feel like um, and I, and i and i understand this and in many ways uh, agree with it in a, in a in a funny way that 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 fatness is a rebellion against uh, against the terrible food that we're fed against the diet culture, against the, the, the constant, like, uh, the constant message that in order to be a good and virtuous woman, you must be dieting and, or be thin. So I understand like fatness as a form of rebellion. It's like, yeah, I get it, you know, but, um, uh, I'm just want to z- z- steer the conversation back to modeling a good self-relationship for your children and what does that look like and what I think it looks like is that under no circumstances do you speak ill about your body in front of your children because they listen and they understand right 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 right. and it and so whatever self-deprecating talk whatever whatever talk that you do that is to somehow sidestep the real issue of your discomfort with your body it's like stop that don't do that like if anything address your real discomfort with your body with your child because they probably understand anyway because kids are so perceptive they understand that you don't like yourself very much and that's why you're saying that
0: right right and and i think the other thing is especially with younger children they want to be like mommy they want to be like daddy Mm -hmm. so Mm-hmm. What you are showing them is now they're repeating it to them to themselves, mm-hmm. and it becomes their self-talk. Yep. So we definitely need to change the self-talk, how we talk about ourselves. So okay. You you say you've been saying that you believe that the body positivity movement is going in the wrong direction. Can we change that? Can, is it some, is there something we can do? I mean, because let's be real, having a cell phone has gone from, you know, being a luxury to basically a necessity all the time. I mean, you know, you're getting emails, you're getting texts, you're getting phone calls. So having a, having a, a phone you have it on all the time and other than trying to live like a hermit and go to the highest mountains <laughs> so you don't have any any service how do we change this
1: well I want to I want to start with the beginning of the question about the body positivity movement because body positivity and fat activism were uh, body positivity at first was a fat activism movement and then I think body positivity sort of got co-opted by some people who were fit and were actually sort of promoting um, thinness in in the guise of body positivity. So I just wanted to like give that little little historical perspective. But I think in this conversation we're using body positivity more broadly speaking, more generally speaking, to talk about how do we create a, a healthy relationship with our body? But for anybody who's listening out there and was like technicality, I just want to acknowledge that. <laughs> so back to the question about, you know, that, um, that, that, that little glimmer of hope that we were going to reframe this thing and then it went kabow. You know, I think that being, being hooked into your phone is really a choice. I don't know that it's a necessity, right? And so I think that for each and every one of us to have times where we just put the phone away and don't deal with it, it would be great. You know, like maybe it's, you know, from, from, from three to five o'clock every day. You so put wait, the phone Erica,
0: are you, are, are you saying that mommy should have the same screen time that she gives the kids? Wait, whoa, whoa. What are you saying? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Are you are you saying are you saying we should monitor our screen time? Uh yeah, that's pretty much what she said. Put yourself on time out and put the phone away. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. And 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 I will I will be real with you. It took a while for me to actually do that. It took a while for me to be able to be comfortable with not having my phone in my hand, like it was an extension of my hands. So yeah, I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. I think some, you know, every day, a blockout time from three to five or four to six or whatever, you know, and it's time that you spend as a family or it's time that you go outside and maybe, I mean, I have a friend who turns off her cell phone every weekend for the whole weekend, right. It's like, you know, and maybe not everybody is doing is capable of doing that, but I think, you know, maybe having on, on Saturdays, we just don't look at our phones, you know, as a family, it's, right, it's, right. it's on Saturday, the whole family, just we have, we have a, we have a cell phone fast, you know, right. and, and maybe those are days when you really focus on going outside, being outside. I mean, I think that actually cell phone culture and and urban culture kind of go hand in hand. And you and I, of course, live in New York City. Right. And I think that these things are easier perhaps to do when you have other activities. Like when I go to Virginia, it's like, well, I'm gardening for like four hours. So, And sometimes I actually forget where I put my phone for those four hours. And I'll be like, where's my phone? You know, you know, exactly,
0: exactly, exactly. It's it's so crazy because you don't realize that you're doing it. But when when you occupy your mind with something else. So, yeah. Like so, taking a uh, yoga class.
1: Oh, yoga class? <laughs> <laughs> like taking a yoga class or going for a long walk, you know, just, yeah. and not feeling the urge to scroll or to like, or to document for Instagram. You know, I think that this is very healthy and and I, I've been actually resistant to, well, it's, it's occurred to me to say something about this, like on social media, but there's great irony about say, saying it on social media. I think the best the best uh the best step for me like on social media is just to be a little less present there you know just be like instead of being like I'm busy living my life bitches just be like I'm I don't need to say that you know I just right just, right just quietly right. step away you know right. it's just like do your work quietly step away right and yeah I think what you're what you're saying though is that the congruency of the of the message from the parent to what they want the child to do it should be congruent not not hypocritical and certainly you know that we know that children have very finely tuned hypocrisy meters they know when you're being hypocritical and they will tell you and they will resist they'll be like well what like well you're not doing that so why should i and then you're like well because you're a kid and it's like "Well, that's a terrible reason you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I, I actually had this one uh, person that had like, she had this special diet for her daughter, like this whole special vegetarian diet. And she was so tired all the time. Cause she was always fixing two sets of meals for every meal because she would eat whatever and but she had this special diet not that her daughter had different dietary needs but she wanted her daughter on this healthy vegetarian diet and it was like okay if you want your child on a plant-based diet why aren't you doing it too and she's like well I, I I just can't make the switch but if you know how to cook the food then why aren't you eating it and it was like and she would say, "Well, I'm so tired of cooking two meals. Well, just cook the one. Like switch over to plant-based. It's not that hard. <laughs> but yeah and 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 her daughter would like look at her food like, you know, like I want some and and it's it's they see that, they see that. and the, and the thing is, I think what one thing that I honestly have to say as a parent, we have to realize that our children are going to be at some point. Fully grown adults. And they're going to emulate what they saw us do when they were younger as they get older. And it may not come out in the way that we fashioned it, but it will come out in some form. And that may not be what we like or what we would want to see. So we need to be very careful what we model for our children. That That's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah. It takes a lot of integrity. It's a lot of integrity. And I think that human beings as a species are deceitful and great self liars. So it's, I'm just taking, you know, I want to like take the, take the, I want to take the blame (laughs) myself as a human being, like as a species, that's what we do really well. And so I think, as a non-parent, I think that parenting would be the ultimate, ultimate, uh, w- mirror to yourself. It's like, look at right. what you're doing, right. right? Right. Look at what you're doing. Like what message is that particular parent actually sending to her child? It, that it's right. okay for, for me to eat bad food but it's not okay for you to eat bad food and furthermore I'm gonna run myself ragged to make you eat this food but I won't eat it myself that's a very peculiar message yeah it is a rather peculiar message and you gotta just wonder like what is that child actually taking away right right and and I
0: think the thing the thing about it is until they're able to rationalize it and, and voice it, it may not come out till years later, which is kind of really scary. But yeah. So okay, what is the one thing that you want people to be able to take away from your book?
1: Oh boy, what is the or one? Or a couple thing... of things. Or a couple I mean... of things.
0: Because <laughs> I, I know there's like no one thing. Come on, Erica. I I we've 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 had a couple of conversations now. So I know there's no one thing. So give us a couple of things.
1: Well, I think the one thing, if I really had to think about it, is is that like your life kind of depends on this relationship that you're making with your body. It it does, right? If if you if you leave the formation of this relationship to the moment of crisis, you will have bad outcomes. Okay. And you, yeah, I mean, you'll have, you'll have bad outcomes. The injury won't heal properly. It will plague you for the rest of your life. You'll have other injuries. Do you see what I mean? Right, You know, right. that 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 cold, I think we've sort of learned a l- weirdly one positive COVID lesson is like, hey, maybe when you're sick, you should stay home. You know, but, you know, it used to be that that cold and we just like pushed through it and then the cold side of it sort of spiraled into the next cold and then it spiraled into like pneumonia because you never ever, ever actually stopped and let yourself heal. You know, it's like this this relationship is is cr- crucial to you having positive outcomes in your life true and 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 the the real the real like kick in the ass is that a lot of times these poor outcomes they 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 avalanche into end-of-life issues right? So that, so people get, get to the end of their life and they just have never taken care of themselves. And then your body doesn't have the resiliency that it had when it was younger. And then it all just cascades into this like complete, like takedown, right? Whereas if you had established a good relationship at the beginning, that when you are confronted with the, with the problem of like, I can't go up and down stairs as well as I used to, instead of just like Soldiering through or pushing through or doing some workaround, weird workaround, like uh like mechanically, some weird workaround that you would actually address that on its own terms and be like, well, so what do I actually need to do in order to be able to go up and down stairs better? Right, right. So and and you may think like this is this is a domain that you know we mostly ignore, but, but this one relationship also has like positive outcomes in other places in your life. I'm basically talking about the health domain, but this okay. one relationship also has positive outcomes in your work life, right? When right. you take good care of yourself, right. it engenders self-respect. And when you have self-respect, what I've noticed is when you respect yourself, other people tend to sort of like respect you too or they have a problem with the fact that you respect yourself and push on that. And then, you know, this person, this person is going to be a problem. Yeah. Right. Right? But generally what I've noticed is when you respect yourself, other people kind of fall in line. Right.
0: Right. And, and, and one thing I will, I will have to say, and this is something I've personally learned is sometimes when you start to respect yourself, sometimes you really catch yourself telling people, uh, this is not okay, and and you will actually find yourself saying, "Did I just say that?" Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you actually realize that it's okay to tell something someone that you know that's not okay with you and 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 that's the thing is, so yeah, it's just one of those things of, yeah, you start things start to line up, they start to align amazingly,
1: and it starts. I mean, self-respect can be generated in many different ways. Like you can generate self-respect from like an understanding of your gifts and your talents in the world, right? That's one way to generate self-respect. But I think self-respect also comes from having a relationship with yourself, not just like, oh, look, I can do that thing. I'm good at it. Right. Having a relationship with yourself that says Actually, no, I'm not, I I can't get that to you by that deadline because it means that the the, other things will fall away. And I need to finish my workday by this time because I'm not feeling well. So I need to go home. You know? Like a lot of times we just push ourselves to the limits because we disrespect our bodies, which is the fundamental disrespect that we have for ourselves, broadly speaking. So anyway, there's this work dimension and then there's a relationship dimension. And I'm sort of, I'm, I'm sort of uh breadcrumbing you to my my next body image course which is which is called the new adore your body new years reboot which is on these domains of life right it's health work relationship and then spirituality so let's talk about relationship when you have a good relationship with yourself it helps you create and with your body right it helps create better relationships with your with your family mm, with your domestic intimates, you know, however you want to frame that these days could be any sort of dimension, you know, a family unit can look very differently than it did. But when you have a good relationship with your body, I think it engenders good relationships with other people. And then we have this intimate part of our relationship with our body, with the people we like to express our sexuality with. And, you know, I had right. one body image client who I was like, so why do you want to have a better body image? And she, and she was specifically like, because I want to have better sex. Right. And so I think there is a, a dimension to that. Like if, if you enjoy having sex, that you would like to have a better relationship with your body. And you think that if you had a better relationship with your body, it would produce better outcomes in the sexual dimension, which I think is true, actually. Yeah. You know, if you, car- if you carry shame into, the, into your intimate relationships, that is going to create a shutdown it's going to create a shutdown in you and it's going to create a shutdown in the person you're being intimate with so relationships like has a lot of different dimensions right it has family and and the people you've created your family with and the people you express your sexuality with and your children right which is of course part of family but maybe you think family is 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 a bigger bigger topic So when you have a good relationship with your body, it, it creates better relationships too, and better outcomes in your relationships. So the number one thing I want you to take away from my book is that your life depends on this relationship and we ignore it so much, right? So life, meaning your, your, your capacity to continue living life as, as the opposite of death. No, pardon me. Birth is the opposite of death. Life is the thing we do in between those two points. So life meaning your ability to continue to live well, right? Which is why when when we encounter um, like the degeneration of our health, it's like often about like a lifestyle issue. Like, well, I can keep on living, but not being able to go up and down stairs is really kind of curbing my style, Uh, (laughs) you know? And then this final domain is like your relationships with your spiritual life. And I don't think a lot of people think about their relationship with their body affecting their relationship with their spiritual life. But as I have studied sort of tangentially religion, which is where often people create their relationship with the beyond that religion doesn't have often doesn't have a framework of body positivity. Religion often has a framework of body negativity. And, and I think that, That is a way of controlling people's relationship with the spirit. Here's the truth of the matter is spirit gave you this body. And so if you want to talk to spirit, talk to your body, because that the body is the most prominent, ever present, real evidence that spirit gave you life. So if you want to talk to spirit or God, or however you want to call this, this, this being like, get in touch with your body. That's the portal. <laughs> That's the pathway. Whoa,
0: whoa, you just, oh, okay. um, Wow, okay. For those that didn't understand that, she just really had a preaching moment there. Like, seriously, girl, preach, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't think of that. We don't think that, you know body is the evidence of the spirit being there. And, and that's, that is so awesome. The fact that you said, yes, if you want to do that, then you have to make sure that your body is in alignment. That is. And, and I, I think that's the crazy part is that we don't think about that. We, we really, really don't. We always think it's two separate Things to do, and Mm-mm. and and, in, and in, how can I put it? In a way, it is, but not really. It, it sounds so crazy, but yes, yes, and yes. One is evidence of the other. The yeah. fact that you're here, the fact that you're talking, is evidence that your spirit is here. So yeah. yes, make sure you are in alignment. Come on, oh my gosh, girl, you better preach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks queen i mean i think people put it they're like your body is a temple and it sounds so trite you know but it's like nah i mean here's the thing is temple to me also means like a place that you must go to be in communion with spirit right, right so it, right. i already always i already feel disconnect even from that from that phrase it's like my body isn't a temple my body is my body It my body is everything. You know, my body creator gave me this body. Right. And that is, that is how my spirit is here. So,
0: wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, girl. I got goosebumps. Now I have, I have so Mm. many goosebumps now. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So tell everybody how they can sign up for this. Adore your body's new year's reboot.
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking. Well, I will probably go into a pre-launch like in December. I'll probably run the course like the end of January, but you'll start to hear about it in December. Um, And so if you want to hear more about it, I would urge you to hop on my mailing list at my website, which is www.ericamather.com. And it's E-R-I-C-A-M-A-T-H-E-R, no S- Although I really wish that, you know, I related to Marshall Mathers. I am not,
0: you know, so it's just <laughs> Erica
1: Mathersingular.com. singular.com and, or you can follow me on Instagram, which is really where I, my, my biggest social media presence is, is on Instagram and it's Erica underscore Mather at Erica underscore Mather. And, and, but if you, if you look for me, you'll find me, there's a photo of me with my book, which is your body, your best friend, and you'll, it'll, you'll see it. So yeah, that's how I would urge your listeners to to stay in touch and hear about the upcoming body image programs. I run a few of them a year. So the new year's reboot is obviously happens in the new year. And then I have uh, the adore your body six week summer session, which obviously happens in the summer. And then I run twice a year. I run the seven day body image meditation course, which is coming up. Oh, it will have started by the time this this, uh, goes live. So but you could catch the spring edition. And so each one of these body image programs covers a different aspect of our relationship to our body and frameworks for conceiving it and actualizing it that I think are important to you. That is awesome.
0: Thank you. And guys, you know, all of her information will be in the show notes. So in case you missed any of that, (laughs) you won't miss a thing. Erica, it has been amazing having you. Thank you for coming back. And girl, you're going to chop that. it up again. Like, I I love talking to you. So come on. You got to come back. You got to do some more stuff. You got to talk this body positivity and preach it from the mountain, girl.
1: Thank you. I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. Thanks, Queen Ben. I would love to come back again. Maybe we can just talk once or twice a year and just sort of touch touch base because here's the thing is this this issue is is not going away it's not like it's gonna be it's not like oh that thing was vogue last year and now it's out of style it's like no this issue ain't going away anytime soon
0: Mm -mm." it isn't it isn't and and I think the one thing is we always have to be mindful of renewing our mindset and 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 Mm -hmm. that's the thing is because sometimes we we don't realize when we're necessarily going into that place where we're like Oh, this is so great. Mm. I'm on automatic pilot. Mm. You know, access denied, accepted, click here, click there. So we definitely, I'd love to do that, even if it is just what once or twice a year, you know, twice a year, so that we can definitely get this, you know, get people, you know, snap back into things.
1: Yeah. And I think this is a great time because. As we go into Thanksgiving and Christmas, and especially just the holiday season, whatever holidays you celebrate, um, Ramadan, Kwanzaa, all all, all of the above, right? Yeah, wherever we
0: we, we do, everything's everything here. I I, I keep telling people I celebrate from Thanksgiving all the way through the new year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but as we go into these holiday seasons, a lot of people may be seeing one another for the first time. And, and it may be shocking to one another to see how COVID affected everybody. I just got back from a weekend of teaching yoga with my teacher, Anna Forrest, and it was a room of like 60, 70 people. And I thought, these people did not fare well during this pandemic. It was a room of very enthusiastic people, but people who just looked like they got beat up. And so I right, think that right. as we head into seeing one another in person for the first time, potentially uh, family members, it's just like, be kind, be right. kind to yourself as you go into that and be kind to others and just know like everybody suffered and maybe everybody spent their energy on the most important thing. They was putting food on their table for their kid at home every right, day, right, which they didn't have to do ever in their life before, but now you had to do it every day you know and 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 the, and the toll right. the toll right. was high i think for people so anyway my point is is that this is a good time around the holiday season i think as we go into the summer when people are like taking off their clothes or taking off some of their clothes you know and revealing their bodies for the first time after winter is sometimes where when yeah. body issues yeah. are a little height- are they heightened yeah
0: definitely definitely So thank you, Erica, for coming back
1: on. It has been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having me, Queenpin. I really appreciate it. You're delightful. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So guys, I hope that you enjoyed this as much as we did. Definitely get her book and sign up to reset yourself and adore your body in the new year with her and get on her mailing list. All of her information is in the show notes. So as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping.
1: Hi, this is Michelle Miller from Mentors on the Mic podcast, and you're listening to Coupon Queen Pin.